With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I don't want a Quattroporte. <laughs> yes, you do. No, I, mean, I actually don't. You actually don't. You actually don't. But, but A car, but I, I'm intrigued enough. Like, I'm 39% there intrigued by it. But yes. I don't want to own one. Well, what am I gonna- too, too bad. <sighs> too bad. We've been saying for a while about this big sedan challenge thing. We've been saying for a while that it, that we changed it to a Quattroporte for you. It's always been a fate for me. We changed it to a Quattroporte for you. We said if we we really would like, honestly, I'm going to say it again, we really would like ten grand. That that gives us a, a level of confidence is too strong a word, but a level mm. of financial like okay, we're okay with moving in on this. We know there's going to be money from the show going into this. But we oh, yeah. did say, we did say that if it broke eight grand, we're doing it either way. And we are men of our word. And <laughs> happy happy <laughs> Tuesday, <laughs> three days ago, one of you looked at the total and realized it was a little over $400 away from eight grand even, and you made it eight grand even. And we looked Thank at each other and that. went, absolutely, we looked at each other and went, gulp. That's actually happening because now I'm imagining flights. Flights oh, yeah. will be booked. Yeah. Cars will happen. So... This is a call to action mm-hmm. of all call to actions. <laughs> okay. Start shopping, everybody. Yeah. If you find one in your area and you have a good one, you you guys have already been sending us yes. Quattro yes, Portes yes. and Phaetons. I can't believe. I'm going to make a shirt called the Pickle Fork Company. There you go. I like that. I like that. That's good. I'm thinking about taking their logo and kind of doing something weird with it. You Hopefully the, the corporate lawyers won't chew on me. But If, if they're paying that much attention. We'll, we'll see. That would be hysterical. All I'm doing is promoting. I'm going to say Maserati so many times, I yes. can't even tell you. Yes. But you guys have been sending us already ads, and there's one that came through that has really gotten under Todd's skin in a good and bad way. I think well, you're like 49% well, there on we'll Satan. We, we've got. Imagine we, yourself a Phaeton owner. I know. I'm a Phaeton owner. But I want to clarify real quick. This This is only up for about another week. Okay? The GoFundMe is only up for about another week. This is last gasp. Please know that it's happening, but please know if you help us get even closer to ten grand, you have genuinely helped the show. This is happening either way. We're men of our word. We are we are legitimately shopping for these cars I as of this podcast. I cannot we are looking for the this. right ones. We may enlist your help as a listener if there is one near I mean, once we have ones we <clears throat> like is too strong a word. Once we have ones that may work, <laughs> we may enlist you, the listeners, to even be our pre-purchase inspections. Not because we expect them to be great, but just so we at least know what we're getting into. Well, you know, we'll start with the basics. Does it start? Does it start? Does it roll? In the case of the Phaeton, is it a leaning bus? Because one of the air yeah. shocks is well, done. There's, there's going to be, a, yeah. you know, maybe the, the hot list of here's the things it's got to yes. do. And yes. then if, if it has these nice-to-haves, mm-hmm. great. But if, you know, some windows don't roll down and that door is quite not aligned and, you know, these other things, things aren't, aren't these are things missing. There's plastic trim pieces missing. Nobody cracked Crack windshield, whatever. We're, we're kind of expecting that. It's part mm-hmm. of the story. And they'll sure. laugh. Sure. And I yeah. can't believe Thank you guys, really, for making this happen. It's amazing. I, it's I was truly not amazing. convinced. I admit. I agree. I agree with you publicly. Yep. I was not convinced. Mm-hmm. I thought we're just gonna. This is we're pushing everybody's money back, and ha ha, we tried. This was and, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all right. It was just it's, an experiment. It's a and thing it's, now. Uh, flights are going to be booked. We're uh-huh. going to be flying to some city. We are and driving these things back. Well, and then starting a series of conversation about them as our cars. 
The question was brought up during the Atlanta meetup. <laughs> By the way, we just got back from the Atlanta meetup. This. Thanks so to good. all of you for coming. And we've got a big debrief coming for Topic Tuesday yes, here. Yes, but yes. The question was brought up at the Atlanta meetup. Should I safariize the Quattroporte? And that is a car that I think nobody has ever safariized. No. Which is quite delicious to me. That's, that's oh, gosh. you know, a giant light bar and roof rack and mud flaps and maybe a shaker hood and a big old intake. <laughs> you know, let's go a little bit, you know, hot rod with it. Oh wow! Well, I'm literally looking. You're up. shopping. I'm you're you're up turning the laptop around, showing me. I'm actually me shopping because we're talking about it. It's got me shopping while we're I, actually I on the it. podcast. It's frightening. <laughs> there's a there's a is, bunch of dead air while we're there's know, a bunch. There's a bu- I'm saving tabs. I mean, this is actually happening. Oh my gosh. Much to both of our surprise and chagrin it's and excitement coming. and excitement, all of the above, because there's there's yeah. a lot of content. coming. There is no no no. Uh, do not mistake any of this fear for we don't want to do this because we absolutely do, and maybe more ideas will come out of it. We have at least three pieces. Of content, yes. not to mention the initial pickup. Yes, and so we're we're working through how will that all work, and we'll mm-hmm. keep you guys posted. Totally, it's now becoming a life of its own. So and start shopping, everyone. And you guys are the reason it's happening. Truthfully. Absolutely, it, yes. was, it went yes. from our. I have to t- discuss this progression again, and thank you guys because. This is truthfully content coming because you guys asked and provided the way. Mm-hmm. We threw it out as a crazy idea. I you guys, it was a joke. you guys, as our audience through our Discord forum said, you guys should do a GoFundMe and structure it like this, which we've done because we thought that's actually a really great idea. Then you guys, the audience, showed up to fund it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and halfway along the way, helped it revise to now be the Quattroporte. That is, honestly, I, now I that it's cannot. happened, it's the perfect car for Paul. So it, you guys <laughs> have been have, company. You, you guys have made a very specific contribution to this across the board, whether it's been monetary or otherwise. I cannot believe it. Yes, I, I thank. thank Thank you again. But we should move on from crazy sedans because there will be much coverage of said crazy sedans. But uh, we should move on to the madness. We promised it last podcast. By Mm -hmm. the way, we're obviously back in the studio. We promised it last podcast to tell you all of the difficulty. Let me me set the stage real quick. We went to Atlanta. Okay, I grew up in Texas. I'm from the South. We went to Atlanta, which is also the South, the heart of the South, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. to shoot pickup trucks because, honestly, on the surface – What's easier to find in Atlanta than pickup trucks? Yeah. And we kind of went – we wanted to do a pickup truck episode this for season six anyway. And we started to have a conversation about places we were going to be while we were shooting season six. And then we both looked at each other and went, Atlanta is the perfect place to find pickup trucks. And you listening are probably thinking that with us. Like, why not? It just seemed easy. And so I, I'm spending – at least the last four to six weeks from this podcast. At least six weeks. Searching, scouring. I'm trying all my tricks, all mm-hmm. the methods, because FCA was the company that was able to drive a brand new 2020 Ram 1500 mm-hmm. from Detroit to Atlanta. Yes, you listening. Yep. They drove a brand new pickup from Detroit out to Atlanta just so we could shoot it there. Mm-hmm. Thank you, FCA. Yes, they We've were got phenomenal. Big supporters phenomenal. out of them. Yep, yep, yep. And then. Over the uh, the course of the two weeks, I mean, I'm spending hours trying to find – because ideally, you want to have the cars locked down before you step on an airplane. We're spending a lot of time and money yeah. to come see you guys in Atlanta for mm-hmm. the East Coast mm-hmm. meetup. And then we want to have trucks sort of guaranteed yeah. so we know the shoot will be happening because, you know, ultimately that means – deliverables to discover we have to yes. commit to them yes. yes yes we do for the episode so we have to know that and and i've told you you know we don't have an episode till we're we done shooting it. we don't just because the cars are scheduled that doesn't mean anything true they can 
go away for all kinds of reasons. Well, and, and, and to your point, what you're talking about happens every single time we shoot a comparison from mm-hmm. when they were on YouTube to when they're now on television. Yeah. It starts, you know, six weeks, two months, sometimes three plus months out from the shoot dates. We are chasing press cars. And sometimes it comes together fairly straightforward and quick. At other times it comes together in the last week or two. And we pull off, oh, here's one on Turo, or you know what, that manufacturer now can get one. But up until we pick up the cars from the manufacturer, which is essentially from the press fleets at the, like the park and fly or whatever at the local airport, Mm -hmm. until we get that point, we still aren't certain that when we're getting press cars, we're going to get the press car we asked for and it's going to be there at the lot. It could switch. Well, here's the biggest thing of all, and that is a lot of people have access to these particular press cars and they're used by lots of journalists and lots of people. And so if somebody accidentally wrecks the car or it goes out Mm -hmm. of commission Mm -hmm. for some sort of Mm -hmm. failure for whatever reason, suddenly that car that we've scheduled and been promised, well, it's out of the press fleet's control and and they're apologetic, but there's nothing Mm -hmm. they can do. Absolutely. So it, it sends us scrambling. So I feel like I've been fighting to get these trucks assembled and it's inexplicable. So what we did when we landed, we did not have anything from GM. We had something from Ford scheduled. We had FCA generously driving this Ram out. Mm -hmm. And it was an EcoDiesel, the brand new 3-liter V6 EcoDiesel. And so they drove this truck out. And so we landed and didn't have a plan. Well, Well, we we had some ideas, but we didn't didn't have a truck scheduled at that point when we landed in Atlanta. Yes. We had Ford. We had Dodge. You guys need to understand, 48 hours before we got on a plane, we officially got word from GM, we're sorry, we can't have a Silverado for your comparison in Atlanta. 48 Mm -hmm. hours before we left. Yeah. Now, prior to that, seeing that this might not work, Paul had already been working on other approaches. I've got all kinds of tricks up my sleeve that I use. We chased Turo. We chased rentals. You you name the idea. Yes. I have tried it and chased it and fallen flat on my face. And one of the fallbacks that you tried was there was a rental car company. I won't name them. It was a rental car company that they actually list Silverados in their pickup rentals. Mm-hmm. And not all rental companies do. You would think they all do, but all of them list, list Ford F-150 or similar, essentially. Yes, yes. But this one listed Silverados. And so you put in a listing from this rental company for a Silverado. And you specifically said, look, it's not an or similar situation. I need a Silverado. It's hard to specify with rental companies. I get that. And that's the reason for the wording or similar. Mm -hmm. I get that. But I was talking to the agent, the reservation agent, put it in the customer notes. I asked at the counter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, folks at rental car companies, they're not really keeping track of brands because, honestly, it really doesn't matter when you rent a car. For us, it matters. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, for most people, it's or similar is fine unless... You know, you're at a top level and you do kind of want a particular car and that's when they go into the, you know, the the higher end cars, I'll say. And then mm-hmm. you do want that Corvette or you do want an i or whatever. And then mm-hmm. you get to specify the particular car. Pickup trucks are not in that category. No. So here we were landing in Atlanta, kind of freaked out, picking up the first truck, thinking, all right, what's next? Well, no, it gets – no, that gets worse because we went to this rental company for the Silverado first because that was the biggest wild card. And we actually got all – and here's the thing. The counter upstairs at the airport doesn't actually know the cars down in the garage. Mm-mm. So you got to do all the rental paperwork and sign all the thing and see what the nasty number is with insurance and everything else included and, and choke so on that for expensive. a minute. Then go down to get the car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We go down looking specifically for a Silverado. And wouldn't you know it – I'm not kidding you when I say this. The only trucks they have 
are Dodge Rams. Well, they're not even brand new. So yes. they're they're two or three years old. And we have and the Ram. F- and that's fine, but we needed the brand new twenty twenty Ram uh-huh. which again FCA provided. We they had. were all in and yep. thank yep. you again mm-hmm. to them. They they've just bent over backwards, honestly. I mean, to send somebody out to drive that all the way from Detroit to Atlanta, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Totally, absolutely. So we thank them highly. So, you know, we're at that point the the rental fleet does not have any Silverados. So Todd and I are discussing ideas, and we we settle on approaching a dealership. Because we can pick up the Ford, which we do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are going to pick up the Ram later, which that's going to come back around. Remember, the Ram's the only one that we have for sure, but that's yes. coming back around later. Wait for it. <laughs> so we pick up the F-150, and we decide... Let's do the – literally, this is the backstop last good idea. Backstop is a great way of putting go it. go to the local Chevy dealer in Atlanta. They don't know we're coming, by the way. Like, literally looked up the one closest to the airport, drove to it, and walked in – by the way, drove to it, parked in a Ford F-150, walked in the front <laughs> door, and asked for the general manager. Now, this particular dealership, which will remain unnamed at this point – To their benefit, yes. You didn't – uh, didn't bite because we wanted to simply borrow a truck that we would put very few miles on. And, you know, we thought, how about a demo truck? Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, after a few rounds of going back and forth, which is the same kind of thing when you buy a truck or buy a car, <laughs> there's this like, well, I got to go in and check with the big, big dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then walk back out. Well, what about this question? Oh, I don't know. I got to go walk back in oh, and check man. with the big dogs. Like, could you send the guy out who we makes got, the decisions? I yes. don't want to talk to you anymore. How about you send the guy out? We got the dealer run around while not buying a car. And, and, and look, on one level, I understand this is a weird big ask. And that was what I, we said to the receptionist. Is, very, let, me under, let me explain to you how odd this is. It's a weird big ask. But at the same time, every dealer you've ever been to, they have – different people that work for the dealer that are all driving demos. There's Mm -hmm. demos all over the lot that are various things. So we're not asking for a car that is brand new about to be sold. We're asking for something that's being used in the dealer loan demo program. You can put a few miles on. We did it for 48 hours. So after that was a bust, we left that Chevy dealership Mm -hmm. and went around the corner to um, what was the equivalent of a day spa. We went from a slaughterhouse, and we walked into the door <laughs> Interesting of point. Hennessy Mazda Buick GMC in Morrow, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And it was honestly like walking into a day spa. And once we walked in, I want to give a big shout-out to Aaron Powell. He's mm-hmm. in sales there. Yep, yep And yep. he could sense some urgency, and it wasn't the usual, hi, how can I help you? It was more of a, he sensed something going on, mm-hmm. yeah, looking to at his credit, us. To his credit, yeah. And he, he was genuinely sort of, I, there's something going on with you guys. What, how, how, how can I help you guys? What do you guys need? What's on was your mind? Yeah, 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 for sure. Aaron, thank you so much for helping us out. He listened to our story and immediately went to get Andrew Regan, who is the marketing director at all of Hennessy Automobile Companies. Mm-hmm. And Andrew came out. And he also listened to our story. And he said, you know what? You know, this was 5.30. He was walking out the door. I mean, we caught him with his yes. jacket and bag on his arm, walking out end of the day. Yes, he was headed to his car. And we just said, hey, we're falling at your feet. Here's what we need. We do want to mm-hmm. represent GM. And to be honest, there's good reason to visit a GMC dealer for the features that are on the new Sierra. Mm-hmm. And so we said, could we just borrow one out of your fleet? We need something not full on. You know, we don't need the Denali. No. We need something no, that no, is no. We need decently priced, mid-grade. mid-grade. Yep. 
what do you got? Can you help us out? Mm -hmm. And both you guys, Aaron and Andrew, you helped us out tremendously. And Andrew said, let me think about it. I'll get back to you in a couple hours. Need He's, to talk to the general manager. Yeah, talk, we needed to talk to the GM. But so, it, it was a, I want to help you guys. That was from both was, these guys. It was a, I want to help. I'm sensing you're in a bind. Yeah. And it wasn't just, you know, I want to get something out of it kind of thing. Yeah. It was just, we, we genuinely want to help you out. And and there was a demeanor that suggests, look, we'd like to make this work. We need to see if we can. Mm-hmm. Whereas the sure. other dealer was like, all the reasons that we'd, they'd really like us to leave now. I mean, it was it was a resounding difference. Yeah. And and the, and everything about that experience was very nice and had suggestion of help. wasn't a guarantee, but suggestion of help, which is yeah. not the experience we had at the prior Chevy dealer. So uh, we left mm-hmm. thinking, okay, we have the Ford. Mm-hmm. We're driving the Ford currently. Yeah, we need to call the press fleet guy to confirm the location of the ramp because we've left the airport and there was a lot of discussion about it. Which we because, did because here's the trick. Because the Dodge, remember, had been driven down from Detroit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It arrived in Atlanta with a crack in its windshield. Now, when you are a press fleet, the press fleet folks are obsessed, to their credit, and we appreciate it, with delivering a pristine car. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So the minute they saw a crack in this windshield, they mentioned it to Dodge, who overnighted a new windshield to arrive in Atlanta the same day we did <laughs> Can't believe to that. be put into the car. So we have to call them to figure out where is this truck with the new windshield. Right. And right. we call and we find out that the windshield that was shipped arrived more broken than the one on the truck. Well, what that meant was we couldn't have the truck because, again – it, for, in any product representation, you want to put that product into journalist hands or, or media or whoever with in pristine condition. Here it is, brand new, fully representative. And a cracked windshield can happen to anybody. That, we're not holding that against anybody. That no, just no, happens. happens. For sure, of course it does. So, okay, we can still drive the truck, no problem. You can still evaluate a truck with a broken windshield. Yep. That's our headspace. And so we were able to convince the press fleet to say, look – you know, we can we can use it anyway. We can shoot around it. You're never, ever going to notice. If you listen to the podcast, you're going to know, but you're never going to notice on camera. It'll be a challenge to ever. ever see it, for sure. I totally agree. So the truck looks great. They agree to give it to us. And then he mentions, well, I've got a 1500 Chevy. I said, uh, yeah. wait, what? I, I thought you said you mm-hmm. had a 2500. 2500 is too big. That's yeah. the HD. Yeah, yeah. I can't use can't the HD. That. It's yeah. too big. I need the 1500 for comparison purposes. Oh, yeah, said, I've oh, got yeah, it. I've got it. Because I, for problem t- solved, right? Because for two weeks, we'd heard that the Presley guy wasn't sure. He, he didn't have one. He only had the 2500. He wasn't sure he could help us. And then GM, 48 hours prior, remember, if you remember the story, back in Chapter 1, GM said, can't help you. Now, the Atlanta guy, Renee, by the way, Renee's awesome. He's, he is He truly phenomenal. worked as hard as he possibly he could really for did. us. He really did. He bent over backwards. By the way, Renee is the guy when Petit Lamont at Road Atlanta yep, happened. Yep, yep. Renee was the guy delivering all the corporate vehicles to the bigwigs flying in to drive around Atlanta during yep, yep. the Petit Le Mans race. So he actually has tried really hard for us. But he's like, no, I actually do have a 1500 in the fleet now. And we're like, well, if you do, then that's what we need. We need the 1500 Silverado. That's what we've been asking for. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you suddenly have it now, but okay, great. So right about the time he says, yeah, I've got it for you. And we plan when to get both these trucks. Wouldn't you know it? Hennessy GMC calls back. Mm-hmm. And Andrew says, I can help you out. Great. So now Phenomenal. we have to tell him, can we put you on reserve? Because we actually might have it from press fleet. But I said to him exactly what was going on. I said, look, we weren't supposed to get one from this press fleet, and we're pretty sure it's a 2500 out of 1500 Until we get confirmation, can we leave you on hold? Mm-hmm. Well, the press fleet came back and said, Renee said, it is a 1500 You can have it. 
And by the way, all this happened in the space of about eleven minutes. Yes, this was this was the fastest so, flurry of changes for because talk we about went emotions. From, we're yes, we have it. No, we don't. Yes, we have it. No, we don't. Well, it started with we might have a GMC. We're sitting in a Ford. We literally pulled off at a gas station, just kind of trying to debrief this. We had the we're sitting in the Ford F one hundred and fifty. We don't have a Dodge because it's got a broken windshield. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want it with the broken windshield? Oh, what about the Silverado? Oh, wait, you can have that. By the way, what about GMC? Ten minutes. Andrew, thank you again. GMC is on reserve at this point. We think we've got it. And Mm -hmm. then suddenly there comes another text that we're not allowed to use the Chevy. That is in Atlanta. That is what we need. Indeed a 1500 because it's not a Mm 4x4. And from an apples to apples comparison point of view, it needs to be a 4x4, which I understand. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I'd rather have the new truck to represent. Mm -hmm. And the ride quality, as you mentioned, will actually be better it theoretically would be better and you know better suited for in-town traffic man you know we're speculating here but i i understand from a corporate point of view you want four by fours all you know across the board to be be reviewed as better we can match them the better i I do admit that which is true and we agree with that Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you know when it comes down to getting the vehicle versus not I, I, I'm I'm willing to just caveat that on camera. We yeah we are much we would much prefer and we as you can see we fight for these comparisons. We would much prefer to have a shoot than lose a car on a technicality. And we were down to technicality, mm-hmm. but GM didn't want to give us a mixed mismatched truck. And so again, now, fair. It's a fair we, point. They're they're well within their rights to do that. Absolutely. So that, at that point, we're now calling Hennessy to say, "Just kidding. We really do need the Sierra." <laughs> So, therefore, we did get the Sierra from Hennessy. Thanks again to you guys. You, you really, we were in a bind, and it was just like, no problem. Here you go. We found mm-hmm. an SLT. Mm-hmm. Yep. Here it is. Yep. Please, uh, you know, give it back to us when you're done. <laughs> Return it shiny side up. Yeah. It's fine, and uh, there, was, there were no problems whatsoever, and we used it successfully. And mm-hmm. uh, so thanks to those guys for pulling through for us. So I will say if, uh, you know, you want to go to a, the day spa equivalent of a dealership and yeah. you're in the market, these guys will definitely take care of you. I'm, I'm fully confident. There was just – there was no rush, no pressure. It was just sort of like, yeah, we can do Let's that. Let's get that done, yeah. And, Let's help you out. And I'll say this. We were there to shoot pickups. I saw at least three brand-new, nice-colored Miata RFs in the parking lot. Tasty. If you're shopping Miata RFs anywhere near Atlanta, I'm telling you right now, they have them. They looked great. I wanted to buy one, and I wasn't even there for that purpose. <laughs> I had to keep yanking yeah, you in. No, totally. no, we're shooting pickup totally. trucks this way. Yes. Get, it, get so, away from the, but the Miatas. But ultimately, we ended up with these three trucks. So we had the Ford F-150. It was a Lariat, so that's mid-grade. We yep. had the uh, the Dodge Ram 1500 that came down from Detroit, and we had the GMC Sierra with the cool new tailgate, and we drove them nowhere you expect. Exactly. We didn't tow. We didn't haul. We acted like good old Southern boys with a commute. You betcha. And we commuted them in downtown Atlanta. That We discussed them. Let's be honest. I grew up in this. Many of you in the South understand this, where people have a pickup, and maybe they use it to haul, and maybe they tow with it, but mainly what it is, they bought it instead of a car. Mm-hmm. It is their commute vehicle. So we commuted in them in downtown Atlanta midweek. Well, so that's an episode coming at you for season six, and uh, we were also there to shoot another episode, as a matter of fact, yep. at the Porsche Experience in Atlanta, which is at the east end of the Atlanta airport runway. And this was also the Avengers headquarters in the trailer for Captain America Civil War and the Avengers Endgame, the the Aerotropolis, essentially. It's OPD, one Porsche drive. That building is cool and modern, and that is the Avengers headquarters. 
So there's some folks there that really made this happen mm-hmm. because we wanted to come experience. Many of you have asked, hey, have you guys done the, the experience from Porsche in LA or Atlanta? Have you done any of these? We said no. And so we had contacted them knowing we'd be there and have a free afternoon. So thanks to Jade Logan. She is the Porsche Cars North America corporate spokesperson, as well as Aaron Cloherty, event sales and marketing manager. And it was Frank Wiesman, who is the spokesperson for the 911 Boxster and Cayman, who really helped us along yeah. with Luke yeah. Vandy Zandy. Yep. He's also the Those spokesperson for the Panamera Macan and Cayenne. Those guys were great. That made everything happen. We showed up. They mm-hmm. showed us the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. They really, really helped out. And yep. as a matter of fact, yep. Frank joined us for dinner yeah, that, it was that great. evening. It was great. But I also want to call out the driving coaches at the Porsche Experience Atlanta. First of all, Craig Duffy, thank you for giving us, you know, here's what's possible, here's what's not. The limitations, the realities of shooting there. We've had people shooting here before. Here's what you need to do. I teased Craig. I said, I just kind of, when he was done, giving us the full description. By the way, you only talk for about 30 seconds and you have to be quiet for 30 because a plane's going overhead and you can't hear it. Everybody suddenly just become a silent movie. But but I I sidled over next to Craig when he was done explaining and I just said, with kind of a smile on my face, I said, I'm going to ask this question because I'm going to hate if I didn't, Uh uh but I really can't fly my drone here, can I? And he went, (laughs) please, please don't. (laughs) The everyday driver guys are flying their drones. We would shut down traffic for the entire eastern seaboard as well as all international traffic going in and out of Europe. That would be fun. He he said to me, he said, a lot of people ask seriously. And I said, I'm not asking seriously because I can see the plane and I know about air traffic and it's not happening. <laughs> but I said, I just, just almost for the look on your face, I have to ask. And all of them <laughs> got a laugh. But anyway, yeah. Well, then there's two more driving coaches that are on camera with both Todd and I. And they had us in the experience. So we drove the brand new 992 and the Cayenne mm-hmm. S mm-hmm. on both the track and driving exercises and the off-road experience. And yeah. that is Kyler Graham. Thank you, man. And Tyler Fling, both these guys are driving coaches, and you can go to Porsche Experience Atlanta and request them by name, yeah, Kyler and Tyler. Great. Say, jump in the car with me, show me everything. Mm-hmm. You're going to envy their job, as a matter of fact. But For sure. during the entire 90 minutes, they act not just as driving instructors, but they're psychologists and mentors and life coaches. All of the to, above. To pull the best out all of you. Of so go ask for them by name. Thank you all to the Porsche Experience Atlanta. And I know that you probably have not heard their names, but you can go there, ask for all these folks by name yeah, yeah. and tell them, hey, you know, can't wait to see the episode. I want to do what Paul and Todd did. Show me. Totally. Give, give me the business. It what was, do they do? It was fascinating because it, it's going to be kind of like our Speed Vegas episode was in uh, in season five. Where we go and we do the experience, we talk about how you guys can go do the experience. So we did do the full off-road course in the Cayenne, which was crazy. And, mm-hmm. and also because the off-road course in the Cayenne was on the exact same all-season tires my wife has on our Cayenne. So I Believe know those me, tires. this has gotten Todd it's thinking. We're not going to reveal nuts. anything from yeah, the yeah. episode, but it's gotten Todd And then thinking. the 992 through all the exercises, they have a ton of very different skill sets packed into one area. And the one thing that you'd mentioned, and you may want to add to this, but the one thing you'd mentioned that I found very interesting about their approach from the minute we walked in the door, everybody related to the driving experience said to us, while this is obviously the Porsche Experience Center, the reason you're here to get in a car is to leave with more driver skill. Mm-hmm. It wasn't to leave with more lust for Porsche, even though, look, that's happening. Look, I walked in the but door and I instantly felt home. Like, I'm home. You, Hi, everybody. You were, it I was am. difficult. You were one of the last people to leave. We were practically towing you out of the door. Pretty much. But yeah. that's because it's you. They really want you to figure out, okay, let's drive better. Mm-hmm. And they're worried about all the things we talk about, your eyes, 
your ability to pay attention, your understanding of weight shift, what do you do under emergency braking, things like there's so many skill sets packed into one. It's, it's almost like you're paying for advanced driver's ed and you happen to be in a Porsche. I was very impressed with that approach from them because I was concerned, as you, I think we all could be, that it was going to be the hard sell of, can you believe the Porsche does this? There was none of that. Mm-hmm. It was, let's do these skills in these cars. You've got to go see these great folks there. Right at the Atlanta airport, if you've got an afternoon to kill, one Porsche drive, OPD, go see them. And then we had that Friday dinner after we were done shooting at 356 Restaurant, so guess why that was named. I was trying to figure out, okay, so what what sort of cuisine, what sort of food can you expect at the 356 Restaurant? Yes. And it was described to me as sort of, you know, a, a German flair with Southern cooking involved. And so I thought the best way to describe the cuisine there is schnitzel and grits. <laughs> I think it should be a menu item, schnitzel min- and grits, you baby. You mentioned that to Frank, and I, I think it stopped him halfway. He, was just, he wasn't even sure how to respond to that idea. And I agree, it should be a menu item just because that says exactly what they do. Don't and you they think do it well. German food with a southern twist? Is that a bluegrass band, schnitzel, schnitzel, schnitzel and grits? Schnitzel and grits. Anyway. Kind of, well, yeah. We, we need to come up with some songs for them. Thanks to Mercedes-Benz North America, who loaned us for the road tour and for the rest of the meetup with yeah. a <clears throat> 2020 AMG GTC Delightful. Yeah. And a 2019 AMG E63S wagon that has 603 horsepower. As a matter of fact, it has more horsepower than the GTC. Yeah. And she's fast and she's angry. And that she's, was, it was cool. Fast wow. blasts of both of those cars coming up. Yeah. So then we had a Saturday drive, which was, you know, even though we had some rainy weather, I think everybody had a blast. What did we count? Uh, 29, 29 cars, cars and 40 and folks insane, at lunch. insane, insane fog in the morning drive where the car that's, you know, five, six car lengths ahead of you suddenly is lost. You have no idea. It just it just vanishes into white, two car lengths in front of the car, and the car in front of you that was there a minute ago, even though it has Crazy. its lights on, is gone. Well, now imagine this with a twisty road you don't know. Absolutely. That has the wet leaves. You know how when leaves get wet, they're sort of plastered on the road yep. like wallpaper, and yep. it turns into like a slip and slide. Yes. It's like slick vinyl when mm-hmm. you go over them. And so, yeah, that was fun in a... You know, GTC with Michelin Pilot Sport Cup 2s. Yes. It was very interesting. Bigger driver's challenge than I anticipated from that drive. The roads were very cool, so thanks to Georgia for making great roads. After lunch, though, we had a a kind of an extended drive. We did did a short one, and then we had a longer one, and the, the roads got better. At least the visibility got better. So we ended up with some really good drive time on Saturday, which was very fun. So then on Sunday morning, we went to the Caffeine and Exotics meetup. So that is in Sandy Springs, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's usually the Caffeine and Octane, you know, the, the once a month, huge thousand car, everybody bring your ride yes. kind of thing. And, you know, there's factions of cars and genres and decades you can find at this event. All everyone Insanely said to us the huge. entire time was, you guys have to come back for the real <laughs> yeah, one. No everybody kidding. said that over and over. So clearly we're supposed to come back. So we ran into some people we know and had a great time. Thank you guys for coming out to that shoot. And then uh, we had some lunch, went back up the road to shoot both Mercedes-Benzes, mm-hmm. ran to dinner with friends because we were running out of daylight, crashed into bed, and flew home on Monday. Here we and are. And now we're recording a podcast because it was, it was a week. It was quite a week. But, we, but here's the thing I love about it. We came away with two full episodes of television in the can for season six that I'm very excited by. The pickups and the Porsche experience, both are in the can. And we had a fantastic meetup with you guys. It was awesome to see. The the outer rim of folks that came was D.C. Think about this. We were in Atlanta, Georgia. D.C., Detroit, 
Colorado, Austin, and Florida. That was the circle of the mm-hmm. farthest out people came from. So they all came in, and it was great. It was great to meet many of you. Some of you are patrons and on Discord. We only know you by your avatar, and now we know your face and your name, which is cool. Met so many great people. It was just fun to see that community in action and to have people, even when you and I weren't, weren't sitting at a table talking to somebody, everybody's talking to everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody's making new friends and talking about cars and talking about the drive or what are we doing next. And that's so much about what this is about for us, and we're thrilled that it worked. I think y'all are thinking about what sort of flavors y'all. are going to linger in your mouth after schnitzel and grits meals. Y'all. Well done, sir. The weather's changing, but the sun is still out, and it's baking your car's interior. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. You might not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking all the time, and it seems like there's always a new place to search. That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you can only enter your search one time and see results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump to Autotrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Your same search on a new site. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't search all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. We have kind of a unique and almost difficult car debate Mm. right now Mm. for Greg writing to us from Massachusetts. He's writing in and saying... That his his partner, who he loves, she's awesome. He, he has so many nice things to say about her. But then he and he explains how much he loves her and how, how very compatible they are. But he would also describe her as completely indifferent to mm-hmm. cars and mm-hmm. his love for cars. She's just indifferent to it. She doesn't feel any way about it. At all. He changes cars. She just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. She, he describes her as a zombie commuter, which is a term we've used here before. So what do we do? for a different car for her to the point that he's saying, and by the way, I'm waving and saying hello to you anyway because I think you are listening. But he's saying you think so? he Secretly? thinks she's so indifferent she won't even listen to this episode when we bring it up. Greg, thanks for writing to us. And the email says this. He says, this particular bait is for my partner who's in full alignment with the mindless driving robots we all loathe in so many capacities. She doesn't understand the car disease so much with the ambivalence that is her native state with the myriad of questionable car decisions he has made. His overarching goal with this debate is to find a car that will secretly and covertly push her towards learning about driving enjoyment without consciously knowing it is happening. Hmm, He says, tangentially, he drives her car frequently, so he semi-selfishly wants her to be in something fun. Okay, yeah. Now... Greg's a doctoral student in psychology, (laughs) so oftentimes he will take her car to class or clinical placements since she can walk to work. Now, she drives a Honda Fit. She leases it for $206 a month. She's got four months left on the lease, and she loves how squishy it is. (laughs) I've never heard a Fit described as squishy. Well, but what this says right away, what this says right away is that a stiff handling car is not going to cut it here. His car is an 01 Tacoma 4x4 winter beater, and he's also got an NB second-generation Miata with the flying Miata everything except for the power. Yep. Okay, so a lot of parts. 
They're in Massachusetts, as Todd said. They frequently drive in Vermont, about 50%, 50%, you know, urban to rural back yeah, roads. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's 26, he's 27, and, you know, he's mentioned she can walk to work. And, you know, less than three miles a day on snowy winter days, mm-hmm. when he drives the car, it ranges from 40 to 100 miles a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they need four doors, an automatic, high miles to gallon, no sedans. So we're talking hatchback or CUV, mm-hmm. something small but yep. tall. Small and tall. Yep. No rear-wheel drive, no kids, and maybe a dog coming in the next year. And the budget, you probably got the idea, about 250 to $300 a month leased, mm-hmm. or ten to 20000 new certified pre-owned. Yep, yep, yep. And again, she cares so little that leasing makes sense for her. Okay. Okay. That makes sense for others too. But in it her does, case, it does. It's just, she is in that appliance, it needs to work place. And she's coming out of a lease on the Honda Fit, so it makes sense to her in that regard. So we can stay in lease and be great. Well, he says, to summarize, he loves his partner very much. She's incredibly intelligent, capable. He says, with cars, she genuinely could not care less and has no active interest in driving. Okay. So. He doesn't mind that. He never expects her to join in his enthusiasm. But, you know, why pay money for a car that you can't articulate anything enjoyable about the driving experience? Mm-hmm. And, he, Greg, you're thinking that many listeners are, might be in the same boat. We agree with you. Yeah. And since you're in psychology, Uh-oh. I want to start the conversation with this. It's something you and I talked about a long time ago, and I actually don't remember the particular subject you and I were talking about. Okay. All right. But it had to do with how you related something to your wife. She wasn't getting the particular angle you were coming from about something. And again, Mm. I can't remember what the particular subject was, but I remember the result of the conversation. Okay. And it was something along the lines of, when you say this, I feel this. Mm -hmm. And it didn't occur to her ever. And she said, I had no idea you felt that way when I thought or said this Mm -hmm. about the thing you care about. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just was revelatory for her. The, these, Do you these, remember that these conversation terms, a while back? Well, but that's the all? thing, though. These terms you're using, this is a common reality in, in relationships. Because either side of the equation will say whatever. And the other side hears and feels a certain thing as a result of that that is not intended. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the, the natural reaction of the person that said whatever it was is, I didn't mean that at all. But that doesn't help. You have to... to to empathize with the feeling that it's triggered in your partner and realize it's it's not rational, but it's triggered that feeling. So I need to be aware of the fact that this statement or these kind of commentary makes this kind of response. And I need to be, like I say, empathetic, and I need to work around that problem and assess it right. Okay. We're dealing with different language here in Greg's case because yeah, he, he yeah. speaks car. And the woman in his life does not. It's a t-shirt. I speak car. Yes, for Duh. sure. For sure. Yeah. But, but I also want to say this to you, Greg. Look, you're, <laughs> I have a good friend whose wife is a marriage and family therapist. Okay. <laughs> and they've had to put up boundaries in the kind of things she can say to him hmm. before she becomes his therapist trying to manipulate things for the benefit of their marriage. He's having none of it. Uh. So they've had to just be like, I, baby, I love you. Stop it, because mm. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna be my. You're not gonna be my therapist and therapize me to what it, you're gonna be my wife. Okay, therapize me. Interesting. I'm about to therapize you. I'm gonna get all therapy, hey, therapeutic up in here. Anyway, anyway. So I wonder if if <laughs> the lovely woman in your life is concerned about the fact that you're a psychologist in a conversation like this. I just wonder, but I also want to say to you. Mm, is this car really going to bring her around? Hmm. 
you may want to let that go. Honestly, you may want to let it go. I have some recommendations that I actually think will engage her in driving, but I don't know that it's going to turn the tide to make her into a person who likes driving. And I see those as two different steps. Being more engaged in it is something that we we feel like we've seen so many people on phones in the past week. It's been astronomical. Phones while driving, by the way. Getting people more engaged is a huge big step. If you can get there and she thinks her new car is cool, I think that's a huge victory. I think shooting for the and now she likes driving, I think that's too many steps at once. As my mom always said to me, Paul, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Yes, very true. I always think about that, and I associate it with my mom, even though that's been around. That saying has been around, been around forever, forever. Yeah, yeah. right? And it, it occurs to me here, Greg, that I don't want to end the conversation or even come to a conclusion here that here's the car that will solve the thing, and mm-hmm. suddenly you'll you'll graduate, to, and you know the doors will open, and you'll see it, and yay! I don't think that's what you're going for either. I don't get that. I'm not saying that, but I'm almost back to where you know I was thinking. When you say this, I feel that, Mm -hmm. and for your partner to not realize that is revelatory. Mm -hmm. So I want to start at just the getting something right. And this is as car enthusiasts, for me, I'll speak for me, first of all, it's adrenaline. Speed Mm. gives me adrenaline. But getting something right, getting a a series of corners or connecting Mm -hmm. this with Mm -hmm. a car does it right. So therefore, I'm not even going to recommend something that handles well for you because Mm. some people connect with a car. And it's the luxurious ride and the environment mm-hmm. that you're in and the cocoon shape and the it's my personal, you know, hyperbaric chamber yeah, on yeah, my yeah. way to work. Yeah, and yeah. it insulates me from all the stuff that I'm going to have to deal with when I get to work. Mm-hmm. That could be as thera- therapeutic as tearing through a corner and clipping the apex onto your favorite on-ramp and mm-hmm. backing off, you know, at 90 miles an hour as you merge secretly <laughs> with traffic and nobody's the wiser. <laughs> So I want you to relate the feel of something she's interested in to the feel of we car enthusiasts when we're driving. Okay. What is it, the activity that she has? Is it sports? Is it presenting? Is Mm -hmm. it the rush she gets when presenting to a large audience? Mm, That's also a huge rush. I've experienced the same thing. You get done and you feel like, I've nailed that. They've connected with me. I got the audience laughing and they're clapping at the end. That's that's a victory, and Applause. I get the same rush. They're throwing roses. It's Seriously, awesome. yeah. when when you end some boring speech to a group, whether it's a you know a small group of mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. two to eight people or a room full of fifty to a hundred people, and they end up clapping at the end, that's just like wow! You I did something. I right. connected yeah. Yeah, something yeah. with you guys, and you were listening. I didn't put you to sleep. Mm-hmm. That's a victory right there. So mm-hmm. what is it? that mm, she relates mm. to that gives her the feeling that we get when we drive. And mm. I'm, I'm saying the royal we, the collective we, all of us. I listening. totally get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What is that in her? That wasn't mentioned in your email because it could be some car that handles well. Mm-hmm. It could be some car that's a cocoon. True. Where True. Yep. is she on that driving spectrum? And again, this is going to be step one. You're just planting seeds. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. So first you've got to find that thing out. Mm-hmm. And then start to relate it. Okay, so what is that feeling in car form mm. of her? Mm-hmm. What you know that feeling, the thing, the thing she's passionate about that she won't shut up about when <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, Todd and I just totally. won't shut up about cars. You're right. No, I you get run it. into your favorite yeah. friends and you're like, I, totally, totally. The thing you're talking about, I get it. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Please stop. Stop <laughs> telling me about the thing you're passionate about because 
man, I wish I had something I was passionate about. And you, I'm kind of jealous. You're passionate about this thing in your life and mm-hmm. wish I had that. What is that in her? And then start to relate that. Okay, what kind of car would give her that feeling? Okay, all right. We, you know, for, for us, it's acceleration. We laugh and giggle like idiots. And, you know, we go around a corner and you connect that. And you're like, yeah, I felt the shoulder of the tire on that one. <laughs> Top that, everyone. We, we do have these conversations you know, with those exact words. It's frightening. I yes. dare you to top that. You know what it is? So I, I, I want to get to that in her mm. rather than approach of, honey, I think I've got a car for you. Because why will that matter until you connect the dots for her? Okay. First of all, you're pulling that out, listening to her. What is that? And then connect the dots to, okay, so that feeling that you've identified, mm-hmm. that thing that gives you that cool rush that you like, I've been thinking about this car. Okay. I'm wondering if that'll kind of give you that same feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if it'll kind of do the same thing for you. Because car enthusiasts love cars for a myriad of different reasons. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And a myriad of different feelings. We car enthusiasts, canyon driving, track rat nerds. Yes. Love to, you know, carve a corner, you Mm -hmm. know, feel Mm -hmm. the... The difference between 18s and 19s, or whatever that is. You know what I mean? <laughs> These conversations all have happened. Every single one of them has happened. They don't stop either. We keep yeah, coming back around to them like, there's more words to say about that. <laughs> Let me add now. 450 plus podcasts. Clearly, there's more words. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's where I'm at with you and she. And it's, it's going to be a slow process. Okay. Because again, you can't come to dealer and be like, oh, a GTI. That's the car. She'd be like, and. What is it about yeah. you weirdos and your GTIs that you sure. love? Sure, sure, I don't yeah. get it. I don't mm-hmm. care. Because you're going to be doing the same thing about whatever passion, you know, she's passionate about. You'd be like, I, I don't get it. I'm mm. fine talking in front of an audience, and I'm bored, and they're bored, and yeah. we're all bored. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm making yeah, stuff up. But you, you're doing. You know what yeah, I mean. yeah, for sure. For sure. That's good stuff. I actually have a kind of car I think you should look at very seriously. You want hatchback. Monster truck? Exactly. That they, they were done. Yeah, exactly. Big My. lifted Wrangler. That's what she needs. And she's going to be thrilled. Sniper shot. Yeah. Anyway, well done. No, actually, I think I think she may be the perfect buyer for one type of car, hmm. and I actually think it might work for you because the thing I the thing I want to connect with here, and I, I wish we had her name, but the thing I want to connect with here is she needs something that is unique and different. Where it's like, huh, that's like this in this car. That's different. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That that particular thing, that feature? I think she's perfect for an electric car because electric cars are that. great to lease because the technology is changing so fast that when the lease is over, you're going to want to get rid of that car anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So lease an electric car. And I'm going to run through some usual suspects here. I don't think your budget allows you a Model 3. I agree. Which, I agree is, yeah. uh, which is too bad because the thing that the Model 3 does very well is that people – I have met many of them. And this is true of Teslas in general, but the Model 3, of course, being the most affordable. The thing that Teslas do is that people that I have met that have not cared about cars prior are now really in love with their Tesla. I've watched that pattern happen in the same way that I didn't care about cell phones until I got a smartphone and now my phone is my favorite thing. It's the same kind of thing. Okay? There were plenty of phone geeks before smartphones existed. Yeah. There were plenty of them. Yeah. It's just it wasn't most of us. Now we've all got a smartphone and it's the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it's electric cars. What I like about this for both of you is I think it's different enough that it will engage her. I think it's different enough it will also engage you. These are not cars you buy because they're amazing to drive. However, all, and I do want to say all, this is not a Tesla-specific thing, all electric cars have got surprising amount of speed and pickup 
in little commute situations because they have that electric torque mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and because they're silent and because they are all – the suspension of all of them is set up to be soft. They're dealing with batteries, and in t- many cases, they're set up on economy car chassis. So they ha- she likes the squishy feel of her Honda Fit. Yeah. Done. Yeah. The only one that I think is a wild card here is the used BMW i3. Okay. The reason it's a wild card is because you said no rear-wheel drive. Now, this is not exactly a rear-wheel drive performance car. I don't think it's going to get anybody into trouble. That's probably why you're avoiding rear-wheel drive. But, I look, the i3 is really cool, and you can now get used ones for really cheap. Okay? This is interesting. But glad you're exploring this. I think you really need to drive the brand-new, don't get the first-gen, brand-new second-gen Nissan Leaf okay. and the brand-new Chevy Bolt. I was going to say, absolutely. They're both you can go in right now and spec one. They will be thrilled to see you. Okay? They'll be thrilled you're there. All right? For both of those cars. They've got plenty of range that if you need to use it, Greg, and do your commute, you're going to be fine. But also, she's she goes three miles unless the weather's bad. She walks unless the weather's bad. Yeah. That's your electric car drive right there. It's perfect. Heated seats, tons of tech, good screens, nice interaction. I really think your next car should be a least electric car that in two or three years you can give the technology back and have a real conversation then about where are we Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it's so different than anything either one of you have experienced i think it's going to engage new conversation that might lead to a surprising car for either one of you down the line greg would you agree that if your partner looks forward to being in her car for any reason whatsoever it's a win yes because what totally if she agree. wants to be in her car for tech, for, for yeah, tech purposes for sure, for or sure. the yeah. cool screen startup and the screen software is launching and then it goes into tech mode and she gets her favorite news or you know podcast or whatever she likes to listen to in the mornings. Mm-hmm. What if that starts to feed an interest and suddenly she wants to be in her car and chooses sure. it over walking? Sure. Wouldn't you call that a win? Yeah. yeah because that's sure. a part of car enthusiasm and car love too agreed agreed that's great there's drag really racers great. there's stance there's monster trucks there's pickup trucks in atlanta there's you name it i saw a couple of pretty valid. amazing donks in atlanta <laughs> i saw they're good at donks in atlanta oh, by the man. way they're I good saw at this a maxima on wagon wheels my wow. friend wagon wheel downtown wow. atlanta going down a road that we had driven in the trucks and i knew was bumpy and he had no clearance on his chrome 30 something wagon wheels on his maxima and i thought that's that's a series of bad decisions, but I'm still excited to see it drive by. I saw a donked Polaris slingshot with LED lights. I saw him on too. Every surface. I saw him too. And the, you could, I think you could see him from space. The shattering base coming out of that thing. Yeah. I didn't know you could put as many speakers in a slingshot. I didn't know. I you think could all the body panels there. are now just speakers. I think he was towing something that's I, just you know I, an amp. I saw him as well, and I do think you could see him from space. Atlanta was awesome. In fact, one of the crazy things that we discovered in Atlanta, and if you if you've ever driven in downtown Atlanta, you know this. Apparently, there's no such thing as jaywalking. No, it because, doesn't exist. And I'm talking everybody. I'm talking people in business suits would just wander out in the middle of a block. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and count on me in a pickup with this grill that's seven feet tall to see them and not hit them. Well, there's a surprising lack of guilt for doing so. You just step out in front of a car. Yeah. I'm thinking that's not the wisest decision. I agree. 
Uh, but but we saw it a lot in downtown Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, so it isn't actually a high-speed uh, canyon run of an episode, but we're very excited to share. We should do some questions while we're here. We should. There's a question from Kelvin Chen here on Facebook that ties into our debate with Greg. He's mm-hmm. asking, should I start using public transportation considering the fact his commute to work is so short, his car's oil temp doesn't have enough time to get yeah. up to operating yeah. temperature? Yes, at least 180, 160, but definitely 180 or higher. Five miles one way isn't mm. really long enough to get the car warm. You want to get it running, driving for at least 10 minutes. Not running, but at least you know in motion. And the best way to get it warm is, is, of course, to start your car and put it in gear and drive away. Yes. That's the fastest way you can get it warm up to operating temperature. But then you're already at work. So I I thought about you didn't name your car here but you know electric cars are going to overcome these tiny short commutes when the weather sure. is super bad For and sure. you you get the short commute there yep. there is that option. Yep. Now to your question <laughs> you're wa- you're laying out the the breadcrumbs the the skittles you know here's yes. the yes. the M&Ms in a line over <laughs> to scooters. You're, you're laying these out like, should oh, I get? Oh no! A, don't I? don't get on a scooter. We saw that in Atlanta. People flying by at full speed, no solving yeah. the last mile of transportation All problem. Bad. All no, bad. I I don't recommend that. Walking is healthy. Walking is good. Bicycling <laughs> is good. If it's bad weather, yeah, try public transportation. If it just doesn't suit you, then you can do the car thing. Is it ultimately going to destroy your car? I don't think so. It's not the healthiest for it. But no, it's not. You know. I'm I'm in full agreement with you, but there are some ways you can get around this if it if it does truly worry you, and maybe you pick up like a Fiat 500e. For there you go, super duper cheap. Are they selling those? Because I feel like they only only leased them. I don't know if they're actually for sale. Okay, but I, the Mini I have to e confirm that. Similar world. What about anyway. some, yeah, something super duper cheap or yeah. like you know the yeah very early leaf. The BMW i3s are worth nothing. I mean, you get an electric car just to solve a commute problem, a short commute problem. Yeah. Well, then I there's parking that. and you know insurance and taxes Different and problem. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, you didn't write about those things. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, let's see, Mystic Negro George, we met you at the Atlanta meetup. It was such a pleasure to Super meet you cool. and your wife. It was yeah. very fun. He said he learned on Sunday that there's no way to close the trunk of an E63 wagon. Uh, from the inside in case of accidental opening, and this is one of his major pet peeves. It annoys him on his BMW because apparently the BMW that he has, the trunk just likes to open. (laughs) So are there any obvious but apparent missing things that we notice on cars that drive us nuts? In a similar vein, George, I will say this to you. The number of cars now that don't actually have a obviously placed button on the trunk or hatch to open it. It should be dead center underneath the logo. Mm-hmm. This is where that goes, and it should exist. Should be like the big red easy button, like boom, Almost. trunk. The number, because we've all gone to key fobs for the trunks, and because most cars have got that release button on the inside. By the way, generally, that even if it's a powered uh, gate, it doesn't have a button that then closes it again, which is annoying. But because we've all gone to key fobs, manufacturers have just – I mean, my FRS was an example. They just stopped putting buttons. Mm-hmm. The the number of times every time we have a WRX, it catches us out. The WRX yeah, right now, yeah. <laughs> which is I mean WRX, it's fairly straightforward. The Impreza, you would think they would just have this. You can hit the button on the inside, or you can hit the button on the fob, but you cannot walk up and hit a button and open the trunk from the lid. Mm. What, I, why why not? <laughs> that drives me insane. Maybe I am old school, but it drives me insane. Also, I really genuinely hate the electric parking brake buttons. I've grown to loathe them. Really? I've grown to like them a little bit more and more. 
I've grown to loathe them. And mm. thank God we have a universal at symbol that we know where to get it. But the start-stop button drives me nuts, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I want to jam I, a screwdriver I know, through I know them. the reasons for it. I understand that if you're sitting in stop-and-go traffic, it helps. The The rumbling diesel sound that is associated with most cars on start-stop and how long it takes them to do it, it drives me nuts and I turn it off. Mm-hmm. But I, I look, I realize I'm not normal there, but I'm telling you, trunk buttons and parking brakes, it's it's starting to get my hackles up. Instagram, Finn Peters says, is there a car that isn't made anymore, but you want to come back? We want it to mm. come back. Well, of course, 928s. I think Porsche should consider more GT cars, you know, the Porsche 929 to compete directly against the Mercedes GTC that I have fallen in love with. Mm. Oh my gosh. I'm, I am, <laughs> I I thought I was sort it's of all bad. cheating on Porsche to love this car this much. And now you don't care. <laughs> I, oh, <laughs> now you just don't care. Yeah. Gorgeous from every angle. I just, I was entranced following this car. I was in the wagon. You were in the GTC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Front, rear, I don't care. Gorgeous. I'm, I'm loving this car anymore. But yes, I think more GT cars would be great. It's just, they're not as useful as what people are buying. Mm-hmm. CUVs, SUVs, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. They're just not as useful. They're just yeah, more passion kinds of cars. So that's what I'm looking for. And, and Finn, I'm thinking about... Uh, you know, the future of electric cars as far as the emotion that we need to get out of them because mm-hmm. everybody associates mm-hmm. Tesla to a lesser degree but more about efficiency rather than fun. Oh, definitely. And that's the association yeah. and perception yeah, of electric yeah. cars. Oh, you got an electric car. You're Mr. Boring. No, there there will be some electric cars that will be genuinely fun. Mm. And mm-hmm. like I said, Tesla is a grand exception to that. We we even found the Bolt fun, but in a kind of a different way, and it's yeah. still sort of like it, it does the best what it does right, very, very ever well. built. It it really does what it does well for sure. Yep, yep. All right, uh, what uh, other questions you got on here? Kelly Kenworthy says on Facebook, "What lateral G number do we think the average is is the average person's comfort level?" He he read somewhere that uh, the average driver is freaked out like this is the edge of control at 0.4 g and his description if given the option of i'm going to hit a tree or i have to make a 0.4 g corner they're going to hit the tree i have no idea where that comes from but i will say this i actually do think that if you have a passenger in the uh, riding along with you and you get about half a g most passengers that are not used to driving in a fast car are going to believe the car is about to skitter off the road I think mm-hmm. it is about mm-hmm. half a G because I find that my tolerance level where it starts to feel uh, I'm really doing something here is close to a G, but I feel like I'm halfway to my tolerance. Look, this is all just butt dino stuff here. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm halfway to my tolerance level when the average driver passenger is sitting next to me kind of going, I need to hang on to something. I, I do think most people have no idea how capable their car, I don't care what your car is, how capable it is with modern tires. It's one of the things I like about autocross. I've told the joke before about taking my dad to a track day and he was just completely out of his depth because mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. car we got into was more capable than he ever imagined. I think that's most people. We, we As we do the commute zombie thing and we drive mostly in straight lines or slowly we turn left or right at the light, we don't understand that a modern car can get most of the way to a full G. A modern just whatever mm-hmm. can do yeah. 0.85 G. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Which is sports car territory of 15 years ago. When the Lotus came out and the Lotus Elise pulled 1 G on the skid pad, the entire automotive world just kind of caught its breath for a second and went, that's possible in a street car? Right, right. And now 1 G is a lot of things can do it, and the major street cars are doing one and a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> 
Greed. Okay, so everything's come Greed. up. But anyway. I, I've noticed that there's so many people that take corners and long freeway connector ramps needing to sit bolt upright. It's okay if it pushes you into the seat just a little bit. It's okay if you're not perfectly, your torso's perfectly upright during the entire corner. And so we got to slow way down past the speed limit. And then, you know, <laughs> did you see traffic backing up behind you? Yeah, that's your first indication. That, that, that's your problem. Yeah, that, you did that. Yes. Sir J. Day on Instagram recently switched to all season tires on, on 18s from Subba Rubber on mm-hmm. 19s and is amazed at the driving difference. He says more spongy feel and more tram line tendencies. Is there any insight or tire science on this, suggestions for making the car feel more planted as it was with the summer setup? Well, keep in mind, the sidewall is a component of your suspension. Yes. Inherently. Mm -hmm. And a lot of engineers utilize, that's why from the factory, they either utilize or don't utilize that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they Mm -hmm. are in every sense, but that's why they spec certain wheels and tires. You know, you want more this or that out of the car, you can upgrade to 21s or 20s, whatever. Yeah. But keep in mind that when you go to 18s and, you know, for, you know, winter driving, you want a little bit more tire splay. You want those tread blocks to, you know, kind of splay out a little bit more. You're definitely affecting feel. The biggest thing Mm -hmm. you can do is air pressure. But I'm not recommending you crank up air pressures past a recommended manufacturer limit just so you can get a feel back out of, you know, what you're used to. That's not a good idea. You Mm -hmm. want to be within the recommended range, but you can definitely feel it. So I I would say try air pressures to feel what your car is doing, Mm. but then bring them back to within the tolerance for manufacturer specs for the temperature you're driving at. And honestly, sometimes it's going to have to be something you deal with because you're you're on a completely different tire, completely different driving conditions. And you, you need those, you know, those tire, those tread blocks to kind of, fan out, spread out a little bit more and do their job a little bit more effectively mm-hmm. than, you know, when you've got a hot road on a hot day, yeah. it, it's a yeah, definitely yeah. a different condition. So air pressures, you can feel it, but I don't recommend keeping it there like, oh, well, that gives me the feel of summer driving, but it's not suited for the conditions. Don't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The softer, as you get into softer rubber for like winter tires, for example, they, they just, yeah, they're fundamentally softer, but you deal with that because you get the grip out of it. That is mm-hmm. definitely the trade-off. You've got the siping and all that. Kind totally, of stuff. Yeah. totally. Anthony asked an interesting question. You and I were debating this recently for a, a few-hour drive that we have. What is the mileage or time differential or maximum where we decide we're going to fly rather than drive? Mm-hmm. And his example is like Dallas to Houston is a three-hour drive. I've done that drive many times. Dallas to Houston is a three-hour drive, or it's a one-hour flight, but you've got airport time about this. You've got to drive to the airport. You've got to sit in the airport. Then you have to fly for an hour. Then you have to do the reverse on the other side. I feel like the, the switch over is five, six hours. Yeah, I'm right where, in there. Yeah. Where, the, where the actual time savings flops. If it's five or six hours of driving, I, I, I personally, I would most of the time do the drive Dallas to Houston. Because I think you, by the time you drive to the airport, that's an hour yeah. just driving to the airport. Well, and there's wait times on top totally. of that. Totally. That so I think in. at five or six hours, most of the time, that's when it starts to flop, where now I could probably do this better flying. But, I mean, your mileage will vary directly. Last question for me here from C. Erickson 648 asks, is there a best time of year to purchase a new car? For reference, he lives in Nebraska and snow is a factor, so he's not sure if it's best to look prior to winter being in full force or if it makes no difference. Mm-hmm. I think, yes, there is a good time of year, and, and the time of year that we're currently in right now when we're recording this is October, so late in the year of 2019. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, there's all kinds of dealer discounts and we're trying to move inventory and all that kind of stuff. Ultimately, what you're beholden to is market forces for the particular car you're shopping for. If it's an expensive car and they're keeping their value, that remains pretty much in force all year round. But the big thing you can chase is how long a car has sat on the market. Yep. And that's what you and I are going to be chasing for the Phaeton and the Pickle Fork. (laughs) Yes, we are. How long a car has sat there on sale Mm -hmm. means nobody's really interested in that one for a myriad of reasons. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But if you keep watching things, and okay, that car sat there for a while, Mm -hmm. they might be willing to deal. My Lotus was that way. Yeah. So my Lotus would be that's on sale for a bit. Yeah. Almost a better indicator than, well, you know, it's wintertime, nobody's buying sports cars. Well, I don't know that people would give you five thousand dollars off their asking price. I don't know that people Not price huge, it that way. But I do think I do think the middle of the winter is time to buy a convertible. In the middle of the winter is time to buy a rear wheel drive sports can car. Be. Because it definitely can be. especially if you're buying in a snowy climate, if they want to make their money, they need to sell it in May. Yeah. If it's on yeah. sale in December, that's somebody that needs to get rid of that sports car. I mean, it does, you know, you see the lawnmowers in front of Home Depot, and then it changes the barbecue grills, and then the snowblowers come out. And, well done, sir. You know, you can kind of tell. So use the Home you, Depot gauge, you right? Gauge, you gauge seasons based on Home Depot. Some people do it on McDonald's or Starbucks. You gauge it on what's in front it's, of Home it's Depot. It's the product like sitting that. in the parking lot at Home Depot That's that are good. all bicycle locked together. That's good. What is out there? Is it That's patio furniture? Hmm, time to buy a convertible. Speaking of bicycle locks, my last question, a little bit off topic. Uh, Facebook, uh, Jake is asking, recommendations of someone wanting to give mountain biking a try. Good first bike for under five grand. Honestly, Jake, if you can spend as much as five grand, you have options. Yeah. Honestly, most of the really good new bikes start about, because I shopped and it was above my budget, start about 3000 3500 and go up to five. Now, above five, there's tons of stuff, carbon frames, all kinds of madness. Uh, shop for... I would say shop for something that only has one front cog and a bunch of rear cogs. Shop for components. Talk to the people that you're buying a bike from about the higher-end components on the lower-end frames. You're going to prefer having really good braking. You're going to prefer having a really good drivetrain. I mean, honestly, I like Santa Cruz's. I have a Kona, and I love that. Specialized makes great stuff. You're a big fan of Cannondale. All of these are good. There's a lot of people here that ride Rocky Mountains. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. a great company called Pivot, but I've never seen one of their bikes for less than five grand. Mm. Whereas Santa Cruz, yeah. you get great Santa Cruz's. The Nomad and others are available out there for uh, for less than five grand. So you've got lots of options, but but ask a lot of questions about what kind of components are these. So that's one thing. You said helmet under five hundred. You have your pick, man. You don't need to spend that kind of money on a helmet. I mean, spend money on a helmet, please do. But I mean, spend a hundred bucks, spend two hundred bucks at the most. Get a helmet that fits you. Sometimes they have different levels of coverage. I try to wear one with quite a bit of coverage. I've even thought about I should get a face mask because my face, in spite of the fact of being a face for radio, as you can hear, does wind up on camera quite a bit. <laughs> so they should think about that. Other equipment, I would actually get a, a dedicated backpack for water. If you're gonna do downhill, you need to buy the body armor. If you're not going to do downhill, don't worry about it. I mean, like dedicated downhill. The dedicated Those super folks, dipper, you yeah. want the, the body the flow armor, trails, yeah. And you want a little bit different uh, bike yeah. if you're going to do that. But those are the main things I would say. And also get yourself the dedicated biking shorts with the internal padding. Now I'm going real personal, but do that. Nice. Have the debate. You, you ride with the clip-in pedals, and I don't. So yeah. what do it's you prefer, debate. Jake? Honestly, yeah. I love not being clipped in, but you swear by it. And everybody I ride yep. with is 50-50. Exactly. So. Exactly. Don't believe anybody's commentary on you must be one or the other. Do what feels right for you there. 
Quick shout out to Keith who spotted me in the Atlanta airport oh, as yeah. I was getting yeah, coffee, yeah, yeah. and he said he was just at Outer Bike in Bentonville, Arkansas. Oh wow! Got to ride some e-bikes and a bunch of other stuff. So thank you for saying Very hi. Cool. If you spot us in an airport or somewhere else, please say hello. Love yeah, to for meet sure. people and absolutely and say hello. So yeah, please uh, please do that. And Keith, thanks for saying saying something. I was not quite uh, myself because I hadn't had coffee yet. You had not. Yes, I was a little bleary eyed. Anyway, thank you guys for all your questions. As always, thank you for coming to the meetups. We really had just such a great time. It was great. It was really cool. Meeting people as well. So we're looking forward to next time, everyone. Cheers.